from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the Superiority Complex, everybody. Your new favorite podcast. We're doing a weird show today. So here's the deal. Here's let, let me lay it all on the table. We were supposed to have a guest today. Guest couldn't make it. We're not going to reveal that guest. That guest will be back probably next week. Uh, then Patrick and Justine work work beckons. These kids are overworked. We got to start a we got to start some kind of Kickstarter to get them independently wealthy, so they don't have to work a, a, anymore. So they could be on the show. That'd be great, so I can spend more time with Patrick. Yeah, you need to spend more time with Patrick. How much? How much time before the before the COVID, Jake? How much time do you think you were spending with Patrick outside of the studio? Uh, I mean, it wasn't so much we'd like go and hang out, but we would like we would always play games together. Yes, but then after you guys would go, you guys would go to lunch. Here, let me give you guys a little uh hint a little uh peek into oh, right. our that's lives right. so we would leave this sh- we do the show at at, at uh, undercity comics shout out to undercity comics shout out to renee at undercity host of uh, keeping up with the nerds check that podcast out that's a great podcast um <clears throat> but we would do the show and then john and i being the mature people we would ha- we would go off to do things we had things to do right john and then the kids <laughs> the kids would go uh, uh, hey, let's go get some ramen, and then off they would go, and it would be Patrick, Jake, and uh, Justine, and then if we had a guest, usually they would go, and then John would always, it, but I'll tell you the truth, John would always look at me like, hey, do you want to go get some lunch? And I'd be like, no, and then I'd walk away, and John would be kind of <laughs> sad, but uh, no, it's always like we'd leave late. It was late in the day, and I had to get home to my family, but uh, yeah, so you would hang out. You guys would go to lunch and, and uh, or we'd early lunch, dinner. And if we got off extra early or if we'd be done a little early before uh, board game night which you'd usually do on Wednesdays we'd go hang out at, uh, at their house and yeah yeah go to board game night so we'd literally spend all day together on Wednesday and you would miss him you would miss him you were basically in this situation Justine was really the third wheel wouldn't you say yeah she was 100% yeah yeah and uh, in a lot of ways she's still that way she's kind of, <laughs> she's kind of like the fifth Who wheel <laughs> On the podcast. I mean, let's be real. If she's not here. If we could do away with one person, it's Justine, right? We, we're we all sick of the, oh, it was good, and then give it a, uh, a three. Or... No, she's been... She's like... Her her reviews have gotten a lot better in like the past year. I think Actually, the sucker punch is she'll go, I don't know about this, and then she gives it a nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... It's more like that now. It is fun. Know. She does keep it... She does keep it fresh because you never know what's coming. You guys are right. Patrick mm-hmm. is the fifth wheel. So Patrick's out then. Is that is that what we're doing? Anytime someone Mario's all like, Mario's like I'm I'm the fifth wheel. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, Any- it's my show. I'm the fifth wheel. <laughs> no, anytime someone's gone, we always talk about how they can be replaced. How easily it could happen. That's why mm. I never miss. That's why I never miss. That's why Jake never yet, misses. It, and yet it's been the same bunch since uh, 2018. You know, <laughs> this is a lot. This, this you is- did it like. I was here maybe a year. I think it's 2017, maybe 2016, 2017. Oh, you know what? It's when we started doing the Digital Movie Club. Yeah. So this is the longest crew that we've had, John, because you were in when you were here with Martin. We had Martin for a little while. Mm -hmm. We had Caitlin Despain in for a little while. And then we had Tawny in for a little while. So John's actually been, uh, I mean, obviously I've been doing it the longest because at first I was doing it solo. And then just had a like a rotating uh, bunch of guests, and then and then John came in, 
And then I tried to get John early on, and he was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, had to really, I had to really talk John into doing it. And then uh, here we are. We're coming up on uh, eight years, eight-year anniversary. Eight years oh, yeah. 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 Wow. 20, no, nine years, 2013. Started in 2013. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. It's almost 10 years. Jeez. <laughs> God. Ten years and five listeners. That's not bad. Nothing to show for it. We got nothing to show for it, but these nice mugs that we're drinking out of. What are you talking about? There's yeah, you got nice mugs. There you go. There's a spreadsheet that exists in cyberspace with your movie scores on it. You are a movie critic, and your scores are out there, Jake. That is something to show for it. They're out there. God, you're it's right. Yeah, see. I am a I am a working movie critic. Long after you die, amateur movie critic. Long after you die, th- these tapes will be floating around somewhere. These tapes, <laughs> these the, the advanced these, human advanced human races who are scrolling through the ancient internet, looking at why did why did Jake give Frankenstein a seven? These what what if what if years from now, like in the in the Dune time. They find the <laughs> they unearth they unearth the podcast and we're talking about movies and they have no idea what movies are. They have to they have to infer from the context what a movie is. Because by that time, be, you know, because after all the atomic wars, all of that technology will be lost. You know. They'll say, What was the what was all this talk about giant ants? <laughs> yes. Exactly. They they won't know. They won't know what they don't they might think we're watching documentaries. They might need, might not even know what a documentary is. So remember, They'll say, who is this Boris Karloff and why do they revere him so? <laughs> what if we're just the voices they call us? It'll be like a Star Trek where, you know, it, it's, a, it's a, an iPod in a, in a cave somewhere playing the superiority complex and there's people worshiping. <laughs> and we're, now we Can are the, imagine? now we're the pantheon of gods to these Morlocks, you know? Yeah, yeah. They all do like the John Sandy laugh and now we will do the holy laugh. <laughs> and they all do it. You know, that would be great. Uh, oh. Too much. That's all. That's the only thing I would ever want in life. So, Jake, see, this is <laughs> you do have something to show for. This is on the internet forever. You're right. You're there right. You mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm gonna die, and no one's gonna know how to pay for my Podbean account. So it's just gonna get shut. It's down. gonna get. It's gonna get deleted and shut down. <laughs> there are hard copies of the of the show. There are. You know, we do have. Actual copy only on your computer. Mm. So somebody happens to find your computer in a thousand years. Yes, and they will because you uh, burned me a uh, CD of my first appearance when you did it in your living room. So th- <laughs> there is one actual hard copy that's somewhere. Uh, yeah, I remember that episode. You wore your hat. You wore your 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 what would it be like a caddy or a cabbie. My think my thinking cap. You wore your flat cap. And uh, we, I don't remember what we talked about, but I remember your we first. We did it in your living room. That's you right. You wanted to show me that there was, there was nothing to it. So he said, ah, just sit down and yeah, you we're, know, have we're, something to drink and we'll just, uh, we're just, just sort of talk like we normally do. Yeah, we're just going to bullshit. And that's what we've done for the last eight years. So there you go. You're welcome, yeah. everybody. Hey, this has been a great episode, guys. Thank, join us next week uh, when we talk about. So a little quick programming. You know, for those of you who are tuning in to hear Matinee and our review of Matinee, uh, John really wants to wait until we have a full crew, at least more people to talk about the movie, because he it's knows such a good movie. Because he knows Jake and I aren't going to contribute anything. We're just going to be like, yes, it's John. not that. It's that it's a wonderful movie, and I really want to hear all the opinions. I want everyone. But what if nobody likes it? 
Yeah. That's the way then that's the way it goes, you know. But I thought this way, you know, we have a real shot at it, you know, because it's it's really a treat. This John really Sandy's treat. like you're like the Ellen Parson project. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> Jesus, I was gonna say, how am I like the Alan Parsons? Who project? is Alan Parsons and why does he have a project? He was a um he was one of the engineers on uh he did some Beatles stuff as an engineer to, you know, somebody helping the producer. He's also famously one of the engineers on Dark Side of the Moon. Ah. He's one of the, uh, one of the guys helping produce Dark Side of the Moon. And then he goes on and does his own thing. He gets his own group, the, the Ellen Parsons Project. But you will see his name. He's like Jeff Emmerich and Glenn Johns, all these guys. That you see these names on the Beatle albums, on the Pink Floyd albums, on the Zeppelin albums. And you go, these are the guys, you know, twiddling the knobs and mixing and editing and producing and so he ended up he's one of the few producers that actually ends up having his own group doesn't happen very often um well you get like a todd rundgren todd rundgren does yeah that. there you go and you know. i don't i think with him he was a guy yeah that's right he's a guy who was a, a recording artist and then everyone started asking him to produce their album yeah. so yeah he's done quite a few albums uh, everyone from the new york dolls to sparks to uh i mean he's just done just about everybody and probably now is thought of more, yeah, maybe thought of more as a producer than a sure. recording artist. John, also, who, Garbage, uh, three of the guys from Garbage, they're all producers except for Shirley Manson. Ah. All those guys produced Nirvana, Pearl Jam. It was three producers and a singer. And it was like, how can we miss? You know, that, that's Garbage. Well, John, who's your yeah, favorite producer of all time? Oh, hell. I don't know. When you just look at track record, I mean, how do you beat George Martin did all the Beatle albums, but Glenn Johns did everyone, you know, from the Beatles to Led Zeppelin to, uh, the faces, um, the who, you know, Glenn Johns is the guy that pulled off. Who's next. That could have been a real mess. He's the guy Townsend said, you know, he made this thing sound like a masterpiece. You know, there's no telling how that was going to sound because it came out of the ashes of that Lifehouse project, which they didn't know what to do with it. And Glenn Johns was able to whip that into shape. And it, it's it's probably everyone's favorite Who album next. You know, if it's not Tommy, it's Who's Next. But he did everybody. You know, he, he worked with everybody. Hell, he even, God, he even worked on the, f- the first couple Eagles albums. He's the go-to guy. We don't talk about you the know? Eagles, John. He also worked with the Stones. You know, that's him working on stuff from their classic period. You know, he, he goes way back with the Stones. So, And he put out a book about two, three years ago. I think it's called Sound Man. And if you ever wanted to hear all the stories about, you know, probably nobody's worked with more amazing artists in their lifetime than Glenn Johns. This this is a great book of uh, stories of what, what it was like to work with the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, um, Led Zeppelin. This is all the stories. You know, he was there. He was the guy, the guy behind the glass making it happen, you know. John, the correct answer to the question is Quincy Jones. I see. He's, you know, Quincy Jones or Phil Spector, for Christ's sake. Hey, you know, they've been playing Ronnie Spector and the run. They've been playing Ronettes all week long, and you just go, "Holy cow, this stuff is amazing!" Wait, is that the who the Ronettes were named after? Yeah, yeah, her, she was Veronica, so they called her Ronnie, and so basically that's why they're called the Ronettes. I did not you know? know that. Yeah. Well, the if Ronettes. there's if there's one thing I learned from Mystery Science Theater, it's that it's fun to play a girl group, even if it's just for a little while. Uh, I'm going to have to listen to some Ronettes. Well, they've been playing them all week, and what you realize is there's like five iconic Ronette songs that everybody knows and people just revere. 
And uh, you think about like Brian Wilson of, from the Beach Boys was a huge fan of uh, of her voice and of Spectre's production. And his Brian Wilson's favorite song of all time is uh, is um, uh, "Be My Baby." Oh, and uh, he just says that's his Desert Island disc. That's the song he likes wow. way above any other song. So when he when he uh, produced uh, when he wrote "Don't Worry, Baby," that was his attempt. He said, "This is me attempting to do something as amazing as uh, Be My Baby." Wow. So um, everybody loved her. I mean, uh, Springsteen. Um, the Stones, the Beatles, everybody, everybody loved those records. Uh, will you still love me tomorrow? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There's a period. It's funny because matinee is kind of that period. Pre-Beatles, yeah. sixty to sixty-three. If you're not like an instrumental band or a surf band, you're probably what's in the charts is the girl groups. The girl groups, yeah. The Ronettes, the Crystals, the Shangri-Las. Um, that's what's on the top 40. It's all the girl groups. Yeah, everything you know? in mono. Everything in, in glorious yeah. mono. <laughs> they used to wear those buttons. Phil Spector used to have those buttons back to mono. Yeah. You know, those pre-stereo. People love uh, people love the mono. I, uh, I've i had it. I've never had it personally, but I've heard it. Never yeah, either. <laughs> Makes you really tired. Jake, you've had mono. You, you, I you, know. I hear it's something, though. You are like a Brian. <laughs> you are like a Brian Wilson in that you get around. You know what I'm saying? Get around, yeah, yeah. Round, you know, round. Jake's getting bugged driving up and down the same old street. He's got to find a new place. <laughs> That's what you know. What you know? What when people when people are tempted to put the Beach Boys up against the Beatles, yeah. as far as and say, you know, this was their biggest competitor, melody wise, composition wise. I'm gonna say yes, but you listen to the lyrics and you're just like, yikes, this is not. Uh, because until Pet Sounds, it's all surfing cars and girls. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and, and that's why uh, Pet Sounds and Good Vibrations, that was going to be the next step. We're not just going to sing about making out at the beach or uh, driving our car up and down the strip. It's, it's, yeah, you're right. It's not those, the lyrics become, and also for the, it's post Dylan. The Beatles are pretty much writing love songs until they get a load of Dylan. And they're like, oh, you can actually write songs about things other than girls you know yeah. <laughs> you could write about your life or, or something that's or, not just trying to or write a deeper song about a girl like eleanor rigby yeah or christ even norwegian wood you can go deep and so really it, whether you like dylan or hate him uh he's the one that shows everyone if you're, you can write a pop song you can write a two and a half minute pop song but it doesn't have to be you know you know, making out in the balcony or, you know, uh, my girl's not talking to me. It can be something really, sure. it can be something like poetry. It can go much deeper. Uh, so I, Jake, yeah. Ed Sheeran or Bob Dylan for you? Oh, Ed, Ed Sheeran, 100%. <laughs> yeah. bad, la- bad habits lead to late nights. It's, wait, wait, who's the guy you hate? Who was on... Uh, who shows up on, on Game of Thrones? Oh, it, was Ed, it was Ed Sheeran. It was Ed Sheeran, right? It was Ed Sheeran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, you were so angry about Awful. that. It's uh, just... When he turned up on Game of Thrones? Yeah. Yeah. If you want to immediately, immediately break my immersion with the show, you put in a fucking <laughs> pop singer in the, middle of a, in the middle of a fantasy world. It's like, 
Yeah. Hey, man, you know, in the 50s, they just let Sinatra act. You know what I mean? Like, it was, like it was it's not a new thing. They let a, a lot of singers. Well, look, we're, the movie we're going to watch next week has Ice Cube and Ice-T. So there's a certain point where, where singers get to a certain point where they're like, screw it. Let's put them in a movie. Let's do it. But, but you know what? Sinatra, Sinatra also had a successful acting career, not yeah. fucking yeah. not Ed Sheeran, who just goes out and tours with Taylor Swift. I mean, Frank Sinatra could act. He could act. I mean, once you see him in something like uh, From Here to Eternity, you realize, oh, yeah, he can act. And then, like, the Manchurian Candidate, you're like, all right, he's not just a singer who's sort of like, I think I'll act, you know? Yeah. You want to talk about a, You want to talk about somebody who looks like Gollum? Fucking Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Anybody. I just saw... Uh, uh, it's very successful. Spoiler he's alert. I just saw an interview with... Uh, I forgot that Andrew Garfield and uh, Emma Stone had dated. Yeah. But apparently she was texting him going, are you in this Spider-Man movie or not? And he's like, no. Like, kept telling her no. He had to lie to her. And then uh, I guess when she went to see it, she's like, you are a jerk. So... It's, yeah, but he had to. He yeah, had but to. no, no, no. But I thought that was a fun story, and I also thought it's great that Emma Stone is still watching Spider-Man movies. I think that's yeah, uh, yeah. Everybody loves Spider-Man. Yeah, despite him uh, missing the mark and killing her, so it's, you know. Yeah, I mean it's okay. I mean, I bet you she was crying. She was tearing up when he caught MJ. It's the I death of. All, I think we all teared up a little. Oh, uh, who didn't? Are you kidding yeah. me? Spoiler alert, by the way. Old Yeller dies? I cried like a baby. Did you see the the preview for Moon Knight? Did anybody catch that? No. no. It was during the it was during the Rams game Monday night. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams making it out. What do you think? Next round of the playoff. Uh, what's funny is that Oscar Isaac is in it. He's going to be the Moon Knight. And he has That's a British right. accent. He has a British accent. So you make... I wonder why that is. You make Doctor Strange and you make Spider-Man, who are British... Do American accents, and then you hire an American guy to do a British accent. Get it together, Marvel. But was Moon Knight British? I mean, why, why give him an accent? Was he British? I believe he's <laughs> supposed to be Egyptian in the preview. Ah. I believe he might be Egyptian. You know who knows all about Moon Knight is Patrick. He has yeah, all the answers. Not. All the Moon Knight answers. I can tell you right now. Moon Knight. Uh... Which Moon Knight's real name? Uh... His real name is Moon Mullins. Moon Knight's from fucking Chicago. Oh. In the, so I wonder why they decided to make him British. <laughs> Born in Chicago, Illinois, Mark Spector is the Jewish-American son of Elias Spector, a rabbi who survived Nazi persecution. Oh, shit. Marvel yeah. always does that. They go, they go around outside normal space and time. Antony... Khonshu, once worshipped as Moon God by a people of ancient Egypt, becomes interested in Mark. So he's given powers by an Egyptian god. Hmm. Pretty dope. I love that. That should be on the that should be on the cover of the magazine. Pretty dope. I used Here to he get, comes. It's Moon Knight. I used to I'm get go to early screening, and that's going to be my review. It's pretty dope. I used pretty to dope. get uh, Moon Knight confused with. Remember, in the eighties, there was an early eighties. There was a robot toy called Rom. R O M. Yeah. And they made a comic called Rom the Space Knight. Yeah. On uh yeah. based on that. And I would always see it when I would go to like the it was always like on the like nobody bought it, so there were always like a ton of issues ah. on the on the <laughs> little on the little spinner. Remember the spinner you'd yeah. see it at like the grocery store with the comic books on it? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There was always a ton of ROM, the Space Knight. I always got that confused with Moon Knight. And I think that's what always kept me from getting into Moon Knight to understand like who was. I Moon got it Knight. mixed up with uh, Cloak and Dagger. Remember Cloak and Dagger? I don't remember Cloak and Dagger. A, that was a Marvel thing. As a fact, they did a TV show of it a few years back. Cloak and Dagger. I remember Art Cloaky. <laughs> Art Cloaky and Dagger. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. His superpower is making clay move. Gumby. Gumby. And Gumbasia. Oh, Gumby. Gumby and Pokey. Prickle and Goo. Prickle that's and like Goo. Like, Wait, like is that really? Prickle. Yeah, is prick, that prick, Prickle, was, Prickle was a little dinosaur. A little yellow dinosaur. A little yellow dinosaur. See? Uh, now, that's, that's, this is where uh, you know, Jake's got to watch it. A little yellow dinosaur. Yeah. Named Prickle. Named Prickle. A dinosaur. And his girlfriend was this big uh, glob of clay with a wig on uh, her uh, head called uh, Goo. Uh, and goo. I used to love Gumby as a kid because they're kind of weird. Like nothing really happens in them. They're just kind of well, like they're surreal. They're, they're, they're very, really surreal. Yeah, he's walking into books. You know, but the, that he could walk into a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what I loved about it was that it, he it used toys. Like it was like it was kind of like an early version of the toys weren't alive, but he could use the toys. Cause he it's was kind of like Toy Story, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I used to love that as a kid because it was very it, that really fires your imagination because it's everyday objects that aren't hand drawn. It was like actual, and he, they were real toys. There yeah. was like a real fire engine. Yeah, he was interacting with. He, goes the, he takes the uh, ladder on the fire engine to the moon. He goes all the way up to the moon. That's right. It's stuff kids love that kind of stuff. He he was a moon knight. Hold on. We should, we should send some of that. It's really Gumby who's the first Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah. yeah we Gum- should send some of that to Jake. I think Jake could get a kick out of it. It's the most weird, surreal stuff from the early '60s. He was once a little green ball of clay. Do 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 do. Gumby. Gumby. Yep. But you should uh, see what Gumby can do today. Gumby. He can walk. He can into- walk through any book with his pony pal Pokey too. If you've got a heart, then Gumby's a part of you. Listen to that. That's that's, that's so deep. If you've got a heart, then Gumby's a then part Gumby's of you. Gumby's a part of you. You. He's like. And of course, the blockheads are the greatest. Yeah, they were the enemy. They were just block. They literally they the had enemy. blockheads. Yeah, there's another guy. There's another one where you meet his uh, mom and dad. Or yes, like Gumbo, <laughs> Gumbo, and Gumbo and Gumba. Gum- yeah, Gumbina or something. Uh, yeah, Gumbo. Gumbo. Yeah, yeah, he was the the lost Marx brother, also. So. <laughs> Gumbo Marx. <laughs> He's the same Gumby. Gumby goes to this planet and like it goes to the moon. Somehow he goes to the moon on a rocket. The rocket can't get him back, and he starts getting really cold. He starts like freezing to death. Mm. So his dad <laughs> gets a fi- a toy fire engine and he takes the ladder all the way up to the moon and rescues him. That's right. You got to watch Naturally. it. He, you know That's he was crazy. Yeah, uh, he was one stop to, motion. Yeah. Gumbo. Gumby. Uh, Wall, you've seen Wallace and, uh, and Gromit, right, uh, Jake? Oh, I love Wall- Wallace and Gromit, yeah. Okay, so this is, this, it's clay, just like Wallace and, and Gromit yeah. is uh, clay. I know, I know what Gumby is. I've, yeah, I've, Gumby's I, I know what it is, but I've never actually watched and it. And then after you do Chicago. that, watch the 80s uh, Saturday Night Live with Eddie Murphy yeah. <laughs> playing Gumby. With the cigar. Yeah. Oh, just like as an old, I'm Gumby, damn it. <laughs> I'm Gumby, damn it. Smoking a cigar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Joe Piscopo interviewing him, yeah. 
don't mess with me. I'm Gumby, damn. That was a stroke of genius. It's like he's like this he's like this cigar chomping showbiz veteran, bitter, bitter old man. Oh, bitter Gumby. <laughs> bitter old Gumby. <laughs> it's good stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Eddie Murphy with a with a green paint on. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, so this is the show this week. We're just chatting. We're just chatting. <laughs> Somebody tunes in and goes, really? They're talking about Gumby? Yeah. They're going to talk, yeah. talk about Gumby? Yeah. We're going to talk about the whole, uh, the, the old, uh, what was it, what, what channel was it? The old Channel 54. We're going to talk about the whole lineup. We're going to talk about Kimba the White Lion, and we're going to talk about Johnny Sacco, and we're going to talk about uh, Speed Racer and, uh, and Ultraman. And here comes, here comes. I know Speed Racer. Yeah, uh, Channel 52 had like five shows, and they pretty much just played them all day long. Uh, the Little Rascals, the Three Stooges, Kimba the White Lion, Speed Racer. Oh, and Felix. They had the old 1959 that's right. Felix. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Felix Which the cat. The wonderful, wonderful cat. The wonderful, cat. wonderful cat. You la- that was another great theme song. Yeah. You'll laugh so hard your sides will ache, your heart will go pitter-pat. Watching Felix. You'll laugh so hard your sides will ache, you'll have a heart attack. Watching Felix, the wonderful cat. That was really low budget. It was like one guy doing all the voices. Yeah, there's okay. one guy doing, doing Felix and the Professor and Rock Bottom and Poindexter and Clang, and the Master Cylinder. All those were like one guy. <laughs> the Master Cylinder. I forgot about that guy. Remember that? It's just a guy talking into a trash can. Oh, Felix! <laughs> it was like Tom Hardy. It was early Tom Hardy. From the next theater. <laughs> right. Yeah, it yeah. sounded like Bane. Yes. It was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. when the town is engulfed in flames, then you have my permission to die, Felix. Yes. And then Felix would go, what? That was always. <laughs> wow. Life's just a bunch. Yeah, bad. that was an odd show. Really weird show. Well, then you had all the low-level cartoons, like the Harvey tunes, like Heckle and Jekyll and... Uh, <laughs> Casper the Friendly Guy. That was like the bottom of the barrel. It was Harvey Toons. Yeah, Harvey Toons are is this pretty much. It's uh, yeah. It's a little it's a theatrical, theatrical. Yeah. Then, then, then slightly above that was your Walter Lance, your Walter Lance, uh, Andy Panda, and Woody Woodpecker and Buzz Buzzard, and then then Terry. Uh, yeah, there's a hierarchy. You know, Terry Toons is pretty much bottom of the barrel because they spent the least. Uh, so that's like Heckle and Jekyll and Mighty Mouse. Then Harvey Toons is a little bit. That's uh, pretty much like uh, Baby Huey and Casper the Front. Oh, that's you know? Harvey. Okay, okay. There was there was there, okay. And then Harvey Toons is what used to be. Uh, they kind of took over the Fleischer Studio, so you get Popeye, but it's a lesser. It's not a. It's not as uh, as good looking a Popeye. It's kind of not as ornate. Um, they kind of absorbed. I Fleischer. just I just remember the fifties. I remember the fifties. <laughs> Popeye cartoon where it was like everybody was a beatnik and just going cool. Oh yeah, cool, cool. That's so weird. Cool. That really dates it. You're like, oh, that's interesting. Popeye meets beatniks. You know? We're gonna see beatniks the next week in matinee. We're gonna meet some beatniks. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's so great. That really, he really has a great sense of what time it is. You know, Lenny Bruce is on yeah. the turntable, and you got Art Linkletter on the TV. It's very much capturing meet the beatniks why didn't that why was that never an album yeah <laughs> did you see all those magazines in the kids room famous monsters oh i know you were flipping out i know you uh, were flipping first out of about- all 
that looks like my bedroom with all the it, the monster models and the monster magazines. It's and secondly, those magazines are now worth probably hundreds of dollars. If you had sure. one, it was intact. You know, they were and, really cheaply put together. And you didn't intact. because they, they were they were <laughs> that you would just thumb through them ad nauseum. Just keep- well, it was newsprint. The, the covers were pretty good uh, paper, but the inside was black and white newsprint. And that stuff just it, within a year, it was kind of like turning brittle and disintegrating in, in your hands. So when I was moving, I found a couple old famous monsters, and you have to like, you have to like touch them with you know, it's like you're, you know, handling the Magna Carta. You've got to have gloves and tweezers, and it's like you got to put it in like you know, uh, you know, like a special box or something. These things just crumble in your hand. John, of course, is referring to the famous monsters of Filmland. Very famous movie magazine started in the 70s by Forrest J, or 60s by Forrest J. Ackerman. Actually, 50s. This oh, thing d- came out about 55. Oh, is that when it started? When, uh, yeah, it's, it's like the same year. It's so funny. It's like the same year that Disneyland starts, and it's the same year that it's right around the time Playboy got started. So that was like the third piece of the triptych. They said, if you want to understand, if you want to understand that era uh, for uh, America, you know, it's rock, rock and roll, Disneyland, Playboy. And they said, with kids, if you were too. Too old for Mad Magazine and too young for Playboy, you'd pick up Famous Monsters of Filmland. <laughs> That's so funny. And so Forrest Ack- Forrest Ackerman started it, and he's like, you know, basically that was our demographic. These kids have kind of outgrown Mad, but they're a little too young for Playboy. <laughs> so it's all monsters, you know. I'm looking but at now. Now, now, what do we have? We have the interwebs. Now, That's right. Now we just you know, the magazines are just uh, magazines are past. You know, uh, they're all out of business now. Even Playboy, I think they're all out of business. Nobody buys magazines. No, anymore. you need doctors' offices buy magazines. Yeah. Right, exactly. You need doctors' offices buy Playboy. What are you talking? Yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing that um, those the are New your... Yorkers still around. The New Yorker, because I think in New York people still go to the newsstands and pick up magazines. Because if you're, I think if you're on a um, on a subway, it still might be just as easy as whipping out your phone to read a magazine. Uh, so the New Yorker survives. Time, amazingly, time still survives. All of, well, uh, all of those magazines also have digital pre- presence too. So sure, Sports Illustrated, all, but yeah. you know, for how how much longer? You know, Listen, don't you like You're a right. magazine, John? If, as long as people poop, there will be magazines. Uh, you know, I still buy magazines, and when somebody sees me with a magazine, they go, "What's that?" You know, like no, I, they I don't. Swear to God, I no, swear they to God, don't. Or like. Or like the newspaper. I brought. I took it a newspaper to work, and one of the kids is like, "What the hell?" You know, they're practically like, "What the hell is that?" They're like, "Is that a newspaper?" Like, what are you gonna? You gonna read that on your break? It's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna read that on my break." That's a newspaper, so make right? Those. Yeah. At least I'm the- only slightly exaggerating, Mario. They really are kind of like, huh? Oh no, I know. Those. It is unusual. They know what it, it is unusual it to is. see somebody do it. It is somebody. Yeah, they, unusual. They to say, be. "Oh yeah, my mom and dad used to read those." Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's unusual newspaper to might- see somebody just sitting reading a paper somewhere. They can't believe it. They're like, really? You're going to spend your whole lunch reading that? I said, it's like reading your phone. It's just that it's in my hands. It's bigger pages. I can turn it. I can, you know. It's and not if I cut drugs. an article out and say, hey, this is kind of interesting, they'll go, what am I supposed to do with this? I can't scroll. <laughs> I can't make it bigger. Why are you giving me this piece of paper? Once in a while, I'll do that. I go, hey, here's an interesting article. I'm like, what? yeah, but what am I supposed to do with that? You can just forward the <laughs> link. Forward me the link. Well, you just read it. I know, but I can't send it to anyone. I can't. Forward uh, the link, John. Just forward see, what you do is you fold it up, you put it in a letter, and then you mail it. Yeah, yeah. see? Yeah. I've, I have, uh, I've found some clippings recently 
we found some newspaper clippings of stuff that we had, and we're like, oh, yeah, we used to clip stuff out of the newspaper, put it on the fridge. Yep, that's Lo- right. Local youth wins award right there on the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> and there you are. There's Mario. There he is. Local youth. Mario holding up his trophy. Yeah, there it is. Local there it is. youth. Local youth wins award. That was always a... a- <laughs> Hey, what? Uh, right next to the the one that says "local youth goes insane," you know, "local have, youth goes on rampage." <laughs> have we hit the limit yet? What's what, what, we have unlimited time on this one? I haven't seen the warning. Limited. I haven't seen it. No, I don't know. I D- guess so. Does Google not know That's we're? Great. Does Google not know That's we're <laughs> we're having a meeting? No. I love how your gut is telling you we've been yammering on for quite a while. Well, no, because your, we. Is this your program saying this is enough? Well, no, because <laughs> I was waiting. I we were late. I was late. I was late. Oh. You guys were here. And you then, were not that late. Uh, oh, okay. By the time I got on, I don't know if, uh, if Jake was on before I got on. Mm-hmm. Always. I start the call. Jake starts the call. He waits. But, I mean, it, does, the, does the clock start when you start the call? Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. That's an hour from when I start. I see. I see. Because so, I was 15 minutes late. I, see. I was kind of. I get the picture. When Mario wasn't there, I was kind of like, oh, I guess I'm not that late. Yeah, but usually <laughs> it gives us a little. This is a, a little inside. Uh, very inside baseball, but it gives us a little, uh, little clock. It'll tell us, "Hey, ten minutes. Hey, nine minutes. Hey, one minute." And I go, "Okay, hey. let's break." But we have been doing uh, the show remotely for those of you who are just tuning in, uh, because of uh, we're back to COVID times. So, have you yeah. ever considered? Uh, have you ever considered the lily pot uh, dropping in on us? Oh, she won't. We've, we've asked. I've asked her. Uh, she is not interested in any sort of uh, publicity. Video. Oh, publicity. I mean, that she, she's also very shy. Okay. We'd love she to have her. Anytime she wants to come on, of course. Are you kidding? But then it would turn into us just asking her dumb questions like, oh, what? say this word. And then we'd mm-hmm. all laugh. How is Jon Snow? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. It'd be like, what does a shepherd's pie cost? Can you get a shepherd's pie in Manchester? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd ask, and then you'd ask her, hey, uh, you ever run into any of the buzzcocks? You know, it'd be like turn into that. Return to that kind of thing. You know what I mean? That'd be my fault. We, we, Do you know the Smith? Do you know more? <laughs> did you did Morrissey ever come into your shop and yeah, buy yeah. flowers? Uh, uh, no, she's doing well, but uh, uh, they they've had some uh, some COVID's going crazy over there too. So they've, 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 they 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 right really now. had to be uh, on lockdown. Today's front page is it's uh, this is the it's today's more out what of control than it was two years ago. Today's what the front page of the L.A. Times. What is that? Yeah, well, it a, says uh, a, dizzy, a dizzy surge of new virus cases. State rapidly surpasses 7 million infections. Death rate doubles from a few weeks ago. Shit. Yep. It is the fastest accumulation of reported infections in the history of the pandemic. Hey, but John, don't you understand? It's mild. It's okay, man. It's mild. Uh, You're just going to get like a little, little cold. And all of you want to come to a restaurant and go coughing at your table. Yeah, it's just, it's mild, man. It's mild. John, you know, early on in the pandemic, you said the worst thing that they could have said was this only affects old people. That was the initial strain. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I, just go, the, oh, is that all? Yeah. With now with, with Omicron or Omicron, depending on where you're from, um, it's the, the worst thing you could have said was it's not that bad. Right. Cause now everybody's like, yeah, well, I'll risk it. I'll risk it. Uh, but again, it's not just you. You're not just risking yourself. You're risking other people's health. And that's where this, falls apart mm-hmm. so uh and the hospitals are full they say they're now it's like they're turning people away if you're like trying to get into the emergency room some er's are just turning people away they go well we're all booked up 
Mm-hmm. And also, they're, they're shorthanded uh, yeah. between nurses calling in sick or nurses just saying, I've had it. After two years, they just quit. They just said, forget it. It doesn't have to be like this. Everyone we're, we're uh, working on is unvaccinated, you know. Yeah. I was a- watching a stream where, this, um, where the streamer has to go to the doctors on a regular basis. And she said recently, there, well, every single person in the office had contracted COVID. Well, there you go. There you go. That's crazy. That's uh, crazy. I don't want to reveal too much, but I have a friend who works at a state, um, and uh, she works for a medical group, and they, um, her medical group, they were telling people, you know, unless, even if you test positive and you're not, if you test positive and you're not showing symptoms, go to work, come to work. Yeah. Which is insane. Uh, considering kind of weird. Yeah. I'm hearing a lot of that where they go, well, you've tested. Yeah. You've tested positive, but you're just asymptomatic. Come on in. It's like, don't you understand what that means? It means I'm spreading it. Yeah. (laughs) And that, that's the, and that's a medical group. So who knows? I think we're just, I think that fatigue is set in and people are just gonna, people are like, uh, you know, uh, I'm just going to risk it. Or you get the other side of the people who go, well, you know, this is good because everybody will get it now. And then that'll, that'll help us have immunity. It's like, well, but there's still people that shouldn't get it. Like people that don't understand that. There's people that should not be near this thing. People who have yeah. pre-existing conditions, you know, auto, autoimmune disorder, the elderly, they just should be kept away from it. So, you know, instead of kind of, but I think they, they see that and they, they think that because that takes the pressure off of them to do the right thing. You know what I mean? It's like, well, well, if we all get it, then I don't have to be stuck in the house anymore. It's like, hey, dude, look, if we would have just done what we were supposed to do a year ago, we would be so far we would be so better off now but we just we do, the people don't want to learn that lesson you know you know nope. we got the, we got the economy open everything's open like you want it now be responsible and don't be a jerk and run around no we, now we got to go you know it's like yeah it's 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 frustrating it is frustrating for the people that have been trying to do the right thing the whole time uh just to see other people just screw around and then and, and it not end you know well I don't know. I always think something worse comes along, like an entirely different sort of <laughs> disease. It's like, well, now we know, you know, when it was respiratory, people didn't give a shit. So something really heavy duty comes around. Yeah. It's like it's Ebola. Like, well, you know how people are going to behave now. <laughs> yeah. If it's Ebola where you're yeah. pooping yourself to death. Uh, exactly. You know. Or bleeding from your eardrums or mm-hmm. something like that, or just uh, turning green and keeling over backward. We now know people just don't give a fuck when it was something that you could kind of get your arms around and, and kind of do they You couldn't get somebody to do something simple, you know, just like simple stuff. The, yeah, they're, they're that's getting, the thing. It, it's relatively simple compared to just like lock the door. You ain't coming out for a couple months. This was fairly simple. Put on a mask. Keep your distance. Hey, look, we got a vaccine. Maybe you'd like to, you know, <laughs> do they know how vaccines work? Polio and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, remember that? Nobody gets polio. Nobody gets smallpox. I don't know. It's so weird. It's there for. It's why we. It's it's why we stuff. make it. Maybe you'd like to. Maybe you'd like to partake. Nope. 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 Well, my, my think about it. If they hadn't come up with a vaccine, think they were talking like, "Oh, it'll take like ten years to get a vaccine." You know, it'd be like measles. It'll take forever. Now, imagine if it had taken forever. People would be screaming bloody murder. Why is it you can't? We can put a man on the moon. Why can't the scientific community come up with a vaccine? Well, they did it. They did it in like under a year. And uh, guess what? 
<laughs> you got half the country doesn't particularly want it. So it's like, <laughs> all right. But you know what you'd be saying if we didn't come up with a vaccine? Why is it they can't take care of this thing? Well, they got one in record time. Never been done that fast. Under a year. Yeah. Well, didn't do us much good. It's like the kid who wants McDonald's, and then when you go to McDonald's, like, nah, I don't feel like it. Well, it's the it's the fact that it took so long. Well, here's the thing: the people that were, the people that were never going to take the vaccine were never going to take the vaccine. You know, they were going yeah, they right. they were going to say, even if it took ten years, they were going to say, well, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. I, you know, I, I suppose I read on the internet. I go on YouTube. I do my research, and I know more than yeah. people who've said spent their whole lives. You know, and uh, so now, and it's possible. It's possible we would have gotten some of that no matter who was president, but I happen to think that it was accelerated and magnified. Because oh. there were already people that were kind of like, I don't want to give my kid a measles shot. He might get autism. That's fine. But So you might have already had people, but I don't know if you'd have half the country going, I don't no, want to. No, it was you – know, this is know. clearly political. This is yeah. clearly political, and you had somebody who was really uh, egging everybody on until he wasn't, until he took the vaccine himself. And then it all. And now it's kind of too late. Now he's kind of saying, go out there, get the booster. Well, you know what? You're about two years too late (laughs) because the time you really could have gotten people in your corner, you know, you could have gotten all the knuckleheads, you know, back when you were (laughs) in a position to say, do the right thing. This thing will be over in no time. Yeah. But it was more like, do whatever the fuck you want. It'll be over in no time. Well, when you you look at it, it isn't a thing. It's a perfect storm of ignorance and, uh, and 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 people who are just uh, you know people who overestimate their own intelligence because uh, we have more information at our fingertips now than ever, but that just leads people to make even worse decisions than they've ever had or believe in things they never would have believed, like the Earth being flat. Uh, it's like we have all this knowledge at our fingertips, and we're we're it, but we're still we're anti-intellectual. You know, oh, you nerd, you egghead, look at these dumb right. scientists. I love these guys that get, uh, that, that make fun of the scientists. Like, you know, Fauci or somebody gets on there, they're like, oh, look at this guy, he changes his mind again. Or you read that a lot on Twitter. People who go, yeah. well, why, why can't science just make up their mind? It's like, that's how science works. If, if something, <laughs> yeah. if, a, if, a, if a hypothesis comes along, it, it doesn't work, you throw it out. You throw it out, or, or you know, or you get, evolves. or yeah, you get more data. You get more data, and it's like, oh, okay, look, we were wrong here. Now this, we have this data now that tells us this, so this is how we're going to move forward until you know we we find out more. And but people don't understand that's how you don't make. It's not like one decision and then that's it. You know, uh, I don't know. I th- I think there, there's always been America's always had sort of an anti anti intellectual bent, but when you have at the click of a mouse, when you can get all this complete nonsense. That people are just making up and putting out there. It's just it's hopeless. Well, it's I also just, it's also confirmation bias. You know, it's people listening to stuff that that, that they're prone to agree with anyway, um, and that happens on both sides. You know, you see that a lot yeah, in political arguments. Sure, sure. But in science, you know, with, with something where you're dealing with science, where you're you know, where it's it's this is life threatening, and, and things like like uh, you know, medical science that we we have hundreds of years of research. Then someone goes on YouTube because some doctor. You know, not every doctor, unfortunately, not every doctor's smart, obviously. I mean, we've learned that in here, right? We've learned not that every here. every doctor is as qualified not, as they should be. Yeah, not every, do- qualified, not every doctor is as qualified as other doctors. You know, you, you started to see this during the pandemic. You see guys that are, or people that are out of their specialty, like you have an ophthalmologist telling you how a, a virus works. It's like, dude, that's not your area of expertise. You're a doctor, but you're- Or they're a, a quack, or they're a snake oil salesman. Like they're trying to sell you, 
you know, you know, liver pills or horse medicine, you know, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know so horse medicine, this will take care of you. It's like, my God, is this 1865? Hey, come on up. I got a flask of this. This will take care of you. You know, it's full of Coke or something. It's like, what are you talking about? You, uh, you, you, you said the anti-intellectualism, it reminds you of that Asimov quote. You've heard that, right, John? The quote yeah. by, by Isaac Asimov. Uh, what did he say? He said, uh, I pulled it up while you were talking. There's a cult of ignorance in the United States, and there always has been. The strain of anti-intellectualism has been constant, uh, has been a constant thread winding its way through our political and cultural life, nurtured by the false notion that democracy means that my ignorance is just as good as your knowledge. Wow. <laughs> And that was wow, back in that, that was back that's in like right. 1980. Right. That was back in like 1980. But yeah, that's that's the kind of boy sharp. Yeah, but that's the kind that's of mentality that the general popular or not general populace, but the. I mean, that's the average. That's that's the average viewpoint of average of, of of an internet comment section, a YouTube comment section. My ignorance yeah. is good as your knowledge. Hey, dummy. Hey, you stupid yeah. scientist. You know, I listen yeah. to Joe Rogan. You know, this he's an MMA guy and he's uh he's a podcaster, so I should listen to him, you know. are you are you guys gonna listen to me? Are you if you're not gonna listen to me about how the Beatles are terrible, why are you guys listening to Joe Rogan about uh what you should be doing for your COVID? You know what wow, I mean? Wow, that's 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 some analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, what are we what gonna can do? You do? Yeah, nothing. What can you do? This, this is, I guess, this is the way it's. Yeah, when you think about, uh, yeah, Asimov, when he, you see him talking like on Letterman, like back in like '82, and he's nailing it. He kind of sees the way things are going, you know. Yeah, and uh, but you, you know, it's uh, it's you, there is nothing to do but just keep doing what we're doing. Try to do the right thing. Try uh, to I don't pr- know. try to protect you yourself you and like- as as many people as possible. Oh, our call-ins in ten minutes. There it is. We yeah. finally got it. So, you're yeah. like, you're like, I knew it. I just knew if we babbled long enough, <laughs> something would happen. I love you guys. You guys are great. What? Do you ever, um, do you ever get complaints if this, uh, when, when the, uh, when this podcast uh, veers into the political? Uh, I think most of the people who listen are, you know, look, I, we talked about this before. We I'm went, just curious. We went through four years of Trump, which was the worst. I know, I know. He was the worst president I've seen in my lifetime. And if you disagree with that, you're probably not listening to the show. That's it's, true. That's yeah. True. You know, and we bring it up enough. I know I try not to get into politics too much because nobody wants to hear that. But I mean, no, I'm just curious. Yeah. If you ever got any, uh, I haven't gotten any complaints. I think people, those people just stop listening. Yeah. There you go. And God yeah. bless them. That's their right as Americans. Just like you're right not to take the vaccine. Mm. I'm back on that trend. You know what? Don't take murder the vaccine. thousands. What? What? Mm. Don't take the vaccine. It's your right. God bless it. Yeah, nobody, nobody's complained uh, personally. I've, uh, I, I did go through in the early days of the pandemic. Um, that's you know when Trump mania was at its highest, and I ended mm-hmm. up losing some friends on Facebook, or just deleting people, or having them delete me. So yeah. well, that's yeah. not someone you'd ever agree with or necessarily like. Want. Well, you know, or it would just rear its head where you're like, oh wow, that's mm-hmm. that's how you think, huh? Okay, yeah. Hmm. That's now it's easier because they just wear Let's Go Brandon shirts. So <laughs> there you go. Make it, you ve- know, <laughs> make it very easy. That is, that's got to be the most insane. <laughs> I mean, my God, you just can't imagine the mentality 
I don't know how these people make it out the door in the morning. <laughs> how do you find the doorknob? It's that sort of thing. It's like there's no, it's like there's no frontal lobe. How do you know the difference between food and non-food? It's that. It's gone beyond people that watch wrestling. That's a certain mentality. Hey, hey. Like beyond that, you know. You're like, hey, I watch wrestling. Hey, watch. You don't like wrestling? Hey, hey watch that. You I s- like wrestling. You saw. We saw they live. You saw Rowdy Rowdy Piper. You saw. Okay. Come on, man. Uh, the Stone Cold Rodney Stunner, Piper. the People's Elbow, John. Come on, the People's Elbow. <laughs> people's what? Elbow. What? Yeah, you yeah. know, they live. They live. Who, who? Who does? Who does the People's Elbow? Uh, the Rock. That's the Rock. That, that was the Rock. That was the that signature. Was, the People's Elbow. People's Elbow. Uh, do you smell what the Rock is cooking? And then, of course, that the, I remember. Do you that smell I what the Rock is cooking? And then he had. Uh, then he had the eyebrow. Never watched wrestling. Yeah, I know the uh, wrestling is fun. It's it's just like a soap opera with a lot. It's bad now. WWE. It's like three hours on Monday nights, and there's like two matches, and the rest is just three all like, hours. The rest is just all them yelling at each other. It's really boring. Back in <laughs> back in the back in the day, back in the eighties, when I was watching it with guys like Sergeant Slaughter and the Iron Sheik and uh, Nikolai Volkov, the Russian Bear, and the Junkyard Dog, and Jimmy Superfly Snuka, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and Hulk Hogan, and the Ultimate Warrior, King are Kong these, Bundy, Andre the Giant. No, these are all no, names. No, they're all real names. They're Brett the Hitman Hart, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and of course, Ric Flair, the Nature Boy. Woo! <laughs> Uh, that was great because you get these really great in the nature boy, Ric Flair, man. Fantastic. Just the best. He's a good, bad guy. You love to hate him. He would come on wearing like these, uh, like a, like a, like a, like a feather boa. He'd come out with like a, of like a feather robe. Oh, the best. Uh, See, that, I can get behind that. Oh, it's fun. It was just entertaining and dumb, and you know, and then, but you got like six matches every, 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 every and like pack it into an hour, and. Uh, and then and now it's just like four hours of them yelling at each other in the crowd and then like maybe a match or two. And so it's kind of boring. You know, you know what I'm saying? The Lucha Underground, which came out a couple of years ago on uh, El Rey Network, was fantastic. We've been talking about that for a long time. That was, that was great because it, it kind of had shades of the old WWF. Uh, you had the theatrics in there, but they had a lot of matches. They would throw a bunch of matches at you. And it was a good match. It was a good, good, uh, good a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Good. So there is some good wrestling, John. Just like there's some good. Uh, it's hard. It's you know, it, this is coming from. It's hard for me to judge somebody who watches wrestling. This is coming from a person that watches two hours of the Three Stooges every Saturday night. You know, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You have to take what I say with a grain of salt because. Do you <laughs> smell? Do you smell what Curly's cooking? Come on, John. That's every right. every Saturday night. That's, right. that's a great Saturday night. Just two hours of the Stooges. Yeah, because and then it and then it's Sven Gulli who's probably showing something like you know it came from beneath the sea. Oh yes, the, the beast from twenty thousand fathoms or something like that. My or favorite scene. Earth, my favorite Earth scene. This is the spider. Uh, we watched Beast from twenty Beast from twenty thousand fathoms, and my favorite scene in the movie I think we talked about is when the the cop shoots at the beast, but he does that thing where he shoots like from his hip. Yeah, and then he doesn't move and then waits for the dinosaur to eat him. Great. Right, like, and the dinosaur picks him up from his head, which is great. Yeah, yeah. it's always great when a dinosaur picks him up from the head. So you see the feet. But what I always thought would be great. Kicking. What I thought he was going to do is when the gun runs out of bullets, I thought he was going to throw the gun at him. No, he, <laughs> he tries to reload. 
Because that's what they do to Superman. Every Superman TV show, the the uh, the crooks fire at his chest. The bullets bounce off. Then they throw the gun at his head. You have to. <laughs> it's like I don't think that's gonna work. You have to do it. <laughs> yeah. If the bullet didn't hurt him, I'm pretty sure throwing the gun's not gonna do. That's it. why there's exactly. that great scene in the, in Buster Keaton in, in the General when he's pulling that cannon behind the, the train and he, yeah. he hooks his pant leg on the back of the train and the cannon becomes unhooked and then it bounces and that as it's bouncing it it's aiming the cannon's lit and ready to go and as it yeah. bounces it moves it drops the cannon lower and lower until it's aiming at the train that Buster Keaton's yeah. on and at one point out of sheer desperation he takes a stick and throws it at the cannon <laughs> Just like a stick, out of, and uh, he nails it. First of all, great throw. You could tell he was a baseball player because he hits it right on the uh, on the barrel of the cannon. But that's like the ultimate desperation move. Like anything yeah. to stop it. Any, yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I would do. I would throw, if there was a giant monster, I'd probably empty my gun into it and throw it at him. Why not? Well, anything because basically you know <laughs> you're dead. You're dead anyway. Instead of reloading, <laughs> instead of reloading the bullets, why would I? Why would I do that? When I could yeah. just uh, throw a perfectly good gun away. <laughs> well, it's America because I can just go to the store and buy another gun right now if I if I survive. I mean, you need to pick one out of the trash can, people. There's <laughs> probably one just like they're sweeping him out of the gutter, you know. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, just, just sweeping revolvers out. They're like, yeah, we don't need these anymore. What I forgot, it was on the other night, and I forgot. I always forget this that Godzilla kind of took their inspiration from that movie. Uh, Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Yeah. I saw that dinosaur and thought, hey, we can do that. And it's amazing because we got one movie out of it and they, they got like about 50 movies out of it. Yeah. Not always and great. Down, Are we down. ever going to watch Godzilla movies or any Godzilla movies? We watched the original. Gojira. Gojira. I have a bunch. We, You know, we're going into the 90s, which was the like the when they started remaking all of the original Godzillas with better special effects. Uh, mm. But we'll probably watch Shin Godzilla, for sure. Uh, that's coming up. Okay. But that won't be for years. It'll, You've yeah. got the box, don't you? You've got them all, mm-hmm. don't you? I've got them all. Well, all of the, what's called the Showa era, which is the original era from the original Godzilla until uh, the, the, the through, through the 70s. Yeah, through the 70s. Okay. So, yeah. Hey, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we got some quizzes for these guys. Hey, welcome back. How are we doing, everybody? Doing good. That's pretty low-key. Hey, how you That's doing? It's like FM. Hey, how you All doing? All right, we got, some steely, we got some Steely Dan coming in. I hate Steely up. Dan. Boy, oh boy. If there was ever a band that bores me, aside from the Eagles. Yeah. Aside from the Eagles. Sure. Steely sure. Dan, man. Toto? Well, it's that... Well, Jesus. Toto is a whole different kind of boring. That's for the comatose. That's dentist office music, you know? Yikes. It really is. Think about their hits. That's something you listen to in a dentist office when they're putting the Novocaine in, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but uh, Steely Dan, very... Uh, very Jazzy. Uh, what's the... If you like jazz, I suppose. Hey, look, I like jazz. You're like, I'm so, all about the jazz. So F you. 
I mean, you're what I mean by that, Mario, is you're not necessarily like into like fusion, like the yellow jackets or something, right? No, or not weather really. reports. Not really. I mean, I've always that's what turned me off of jazz initially was something like weather report. I don't need this music. You know, I, like, I got news for you. Nobody does. Uh, yeah. Here we go. You guys ready? It's time okay. for a movie quiz. Okay. So oh to, in order okay. to give Jake some a little better uh, understanding. Actually, I'm going to run another game right now. I'm going to see if I can find it. There it is. Perfect. Okay. Uh, we're going to do it. We're going to switch it up, though. But okay. So um, this is going to be a, a quick quiz. And we'll just go last man standing. Are you ready? Sure. Let's do it. John. Yeah. Who directed the movie Edward Scissorhands? Tim Burton. Uh, Jake, which Will Smith movie had the tagline, we've always believed we weren't alone on July 4th, we'll wish we were. What movie? Who? What? (laughs) What, huh? Which Will Smith movie had the tagline, Will Smith? We've always believed we weren't alone on July 4th, we'll wish we were. And what's July 4th? Independence Day? Yes, sir. There you go. I forgot what <laughs> he was in that movie. John, had to, Wind yeah. Beneath My Wings by Bette Midler was a theme song for which movie? Uh, Wind Beneath My Wings? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I got this wrong, but was it Beaches? Correct. Oh, there wow. you go. John, did you ever know that you're my hero? <laughs> hey, here we go. Jake, which, uh, which 1999 movie starred Will Smith as James West? As James West. James what? James West. Was that a tame movie? James West? Oh, um. Oh, God. My wife Selma Hayek is very, in this movie. It wasn't a very tame movie, was it? I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> is that, um, oh, God, what's it called? Uh, fuck. No, it was not called uh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> trying to help him. Will Smith is is. Oh no, it's not. No, 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 no. What is it? Men in Black? I don't remember. No, Wild Wild West. Oh, oh, fuck. A, a bad remake of a not doing, of a not great. Like password. Yeah, Aristophanes. It's, it's a it's a bad move. Bad remake of a not great TV show. Uh, it's a fun. It's fun. John was that? So John's the winner on that one. That was easy. Easy quiz. Are all my questions Will Smith? I don't know why that just, it just came up that way, and I love it. That was like Hob the Troll did that one where all the answers were Don Knotts. Don Knotts, yeah, that was great. Yeah. It, it took a while. It took a little while for people to catch on to what he was doing. Hold on one second. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to grab this box over here. This giant box. Okay. I should have grabbed it. All right. Should have grabbed it during the break, but uh, you know, this is the way we do what things sometimes. What a what a career for Will Smith. He got around. Being well, think about how many like number on one stand. movies he was in. Yeah, yet he, he had an era where they were all pretty much big hits, uh, except Wild Wild West. <laughs> Might have been seven. That, yeah. yeah, because that was a flopperoo. Um, that came out the same week as The Iron Giant. Did it really? And they were both Warner Brothers movies, and they had they said we've got enough budget to sell one movie. We're going to try to guess which one's going to be the big hit. So they put all their budget, all the advertising dollars behind Wild Wild West. And it was a flopperoo. <laughs> yeah, they should have done it for I. Oh, Iron, I love Iron Giant. Such a good movie. Oh, it is. But Iron Giant's one of those great because it, Pixar kind of normalized it. But mm-hmm. um, 
well, it was Brad Bird at Warner Brothers. Nobody gave a shit. Then when he did like The Incredibles and Ratatouille, then Warner Brothers was able to say, hey, from the man who brought you The Incredibles and Ratatouille. <laughs> well, the, the great Iron thing giant. is it was before, you know, they really hadn't normalized non-musical animated movies. Everything had a song. Right. So yeah, before right. Pixar kind of steered it in that, back in that direction. That's true. That's one reason I love the Iron Giant. There's no musical numbers. They don't break into song, you know. So I have a, a box here, uh, John. Okay, so I have so one is labeled Boomer, and one is labeled Millennial, and it's a little okay. trivia game called Mind the Gap. Get it? Oh, ha ha ha! Mind okay. the Gap. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to you are you I'm going to make you guys answer questions from each. So John, you're going to answer Millennial questions. And uh, Jake, you're going to answer oh, boomer questions. That's interesting. Oh, All right. Oh, okay. You want to try it? All right. Sure. So you have you have we have uh, categories. We have um, we have uh, uh, TV and movies. We have video games. This is in the millennials. Uh, 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 music, and then you have a uh, uh, little science. Going to be going. You idiot! How can you not know that? <laughs> Come on! How did you not know about boys to men? That's right. Yeah, right. that's what's going to happen. You just guessed it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, so I'm just, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go down the cards and see how many we get. All right. Okay. So this is gonna be John. You're gonna go first. This isn't gonna end well. <laughs> John, what was Aunt Becky's maiden name before she married Uncle Jesse? <laughs> yes. Is this Dukes of Hazard? Nope. Uncle Jesse is. This is Full House. Yeah. I ne- I never watched one episode of Full House. Don't say uh, it like that. J- Jake, do you know the answer? Don't say it like that. <laughs> I don't watch Full House either. All right, here we go. Hey, uh, good for I watched a little bit, but yeah, not enough to know anything. Uh, Jake, name the famous duo who made nine films together, including Adam's Rib and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. It's so funny because because mm. John would get this in a second. John's got John's got the smirk. He's like, oh, I no, no, it's not a smirk. I'm thinking that's not even a boomer question. That's like a oh, that's a war baby question. That's before, <laughs> that's before, that's before all of us. That's the, I'm, yeah, I'm smiling because it's before boomers. Yeah. Uh, okay, Elvis and Costello. How's that? <laughs> Abbott and Costello. No, it was Hepburn and Tracy. Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn. Nope. John, ATMs became popular in the 1990s. What did ATM stand for? 8 p.m.? ATM. ATM. Oh, ATM. Oh, um, automatic telling machine. Correct. It's automatic teller machines, but I'm going to let you have it. Teller, yeah. So that's one for John. One for John. Uh, mm. Jake, name the author whose novel On the Road became the representation of the beat movement. Nope, no idea. I'm gonna say Jack Kerouac. Is that does that sound right? That sounds right. Are you are you a, are you a millennial uh, technically, uh, Mario? I'm a I'm a Gen X. He's Gen before. And there are Gen is there a box. There are Gen is there a box for that. Oh yeah, it's it's Boomer to Gen Z. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. we'll have to do this when everybody's here. Okay, uh, Jake. Yeah. No, John. John has one point. John, millennials were the first generation to move from CDs to this music format. What is it? Uh, digital. Wh- which? What's the official term for that? Specifically, yeah. Specifically. Napster? Streaming? No. no. What's uh, the... What's the need... official? Yeah, yeah. Uh, from CDs to... Um, 
There's a number in it. I'll give you a hint. There's a number in it. It refers to the file type. Mm-hmm. Oh, M- MP3. Correct. <laughs> Two points for John. God. I wonder if anyone would a kid know MP3s these days. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're still around. Are they? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jake, how far do the four preps have to go across the sea to an island of romance? Christ almighty. Uh, <laughs> real, real far. <laughs> real far. We'll, ex- we'll accept that. We will. Yeah. The uh, will accept what is it? John, do you know? I don't think I know that one. It's tw- uh, 26. You try to sing it. You 20, sing it in your head. And you're it, like, it's 26 miles to Catalina. Uh, the Se- four preps. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> John, what is the name of the first successfully cloned sheep in history? Is it Dolly? It is correct, John. Three points for John. Jake, abysmal. Abysmal, Jake. I know. Jake, what 1965 invention by DuPont chemists was a plastic that was five times stronger than steel? And if you play a first-person shooter, you know this. Kevlar? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jake comes roaring back with the science question. Here we go. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. John, what is, who is what is someone called who purposely tries to provoke others on the internet? A troll? Correct. Damn, John. Oh God, John. Four to one. Four to one. Who's the millennial here? I don't know. It's not I me. didn't know the I, I didn't know the four preps though. <laughs> Jake, uh, it's good that you didn't. Uh, Jake, I would I would have lost all respect for you. Uh, Jake, what did it mean when someone said you're cruising for a bruising? What did that mean? Going to get your ass beat. That's it. That is it. Uh, not so many words. Four to two. Here we go. Next next round. Here we go. Next round. Round one. Now we're gonna go. We'll go three rounds. We'll go three rounds. We'll see how we do. Is that really a boomer thing? I feel like that. I feel like cruising for a bruising is a timeless phrase. You know. I feel like it probably came up in the fifties. I feel like, and that. then of course, if you're a Pink Floyd fanatic, it's on Dark Side of the Moon. That is true. So, yeah. is it? Oh. Yeah, uh, it's mumbled at the end. Mumble, <laughs> mumbles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's cruising for a bruising. Uh, John, yes. According to Napoleon Dynamite, what are ligers and why are they bred? You know, I have seen that movie, but I it, none of it stuck to me. I know that it's uh, full of catchphrases, but none of it stuck to my brain. All right. It's, I have it, no idea. I have absolutely no idea. It's a mix of a liar, lion and a tiger, and they're bred for their skill in magic. Oh, la- <laughs> ligers. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. J- uh, Jake, name the four main characters on the Andy Griffith show. Uh, Andy Griffith. Mm-hmm. Um, Don Knotts is in this, by the way. Won an Don Emmy. Knotts. Won an Emmy for this. Uh, Couple. Sylvester, yeah. Sylvester Stallone and <laughs> um, and uh, Jack Lemmon. There's a famous movie director in here. Uh, it's we're gonna go with Andy Taylor, Barney Fife, Opie, and Aunt B. That's, we would have that's accepted. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. We would have. We would have accepted Floyd the Barber and uh, Goober Pile. Uh, John. <laughs> and Gumby. And Gumbo. John, Apple commercials in the 2000s featured two men, one casually dressed and one in a suit. How did they introduce themselves? How did they introduce themselves? 
God, I have no idea. I don't think I ever saw that commercial. Oh, they ran forever. It was uh, John Hodgman and uh, uh, the dumb kid from Scrub, not Scrubs. Uh, who was that guy? Uh, he, Zach Braff. He, he, it, he, the guy who looks like Zach Braff but isn't Zach Braff. It was, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a Mac and I'm a PC. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, Jake, what famous E.B. White children's novel set in a barn was published yeah. in 1952? Um, Charlotte's Web. Correct. Right on. Four to three. Go, Jake. Four to three. Uh, Four to three. Four to three. I knew Jake. that. I grew up on Charlotte's Web. And, yeah. Wilbur. And, and Paul Lind as Templeton. John, in 2004... <laughs> yeah. The song Breakaway was por- performed by what solo artist? 2004, the song Breakaway, performed by what solo artist, John? Hmm. Can I get a hint? Uh, it's not for me. I don't know. <laughs> no she's idea. got her own show now. Hmm. She's got her own daytime TV talk show now. Is it Kelly Clarkson? It is Kelly Clarkson. Correct. Mm -hmm. Five to three. Five to three. Kelly Clarkson, I forgot she has her own daytime show. Yeah. Five to three. Uh, Jake, how many roads must a man walk down before you call him a man? Name the song. How many roads must a man walk down? Uh, One. No, no, but name, uh, name the song. The, uh, the answer, my friend, is blank. The yeah. answer, my friend, is blank. Nope. Blowing in the wind. Blowing in the wind. It's blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Uh, oh, that's a- John, uh, what legendary rap artist was gunned down in Las Vegas in September of 1996? Was it uh, Biggie Smalls? It was not. It was Tupac. Two, two but it was all part retaliation. of. But it was all part of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jake. I had a fifty-fifty chance. I thought this is either t- Tupac or it's Biggie. Yeah. Uh, points for knowing Biggie. Every, every, everybody I work with at work would have been screaming the answer at me. You idiot! You hear him on the radio every morning. Uh, kick in the door. Uh, Jake, what cult leader was ultimately responsible for his communal family committing nine murders in 1969? That I don't, I don't remember his name. I, I, I can imagine it. I don't know what is it. Charles. Did Manson. you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, I forget his name. Charles Manson. Okay, there you go. Five three, five three. Here we go. John, what were some millennials' nickname? Referencing them as adult children who returned to their parents' home for an indefinite time. What were some millennials nicknamed referencing them as adult children who returned to their parents' home for an indefinite time? What were they called? It was a nickname. What were they called? I know. I remember that, but I can't. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, um... I can't think of it. 
Boomerang Kids. Boomerang Kids. Oh, I never heard that. <laughs> I, I never heard that either. Jake, uh, no. fin- fin- finish the famous phrase from Pride of the Yankees. Today, I consider myself blank. Lou Gehrig. Today, I consider myself blank. Yeah. Hmm. Today, I consider myself emancipated. I have no, no, the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Uh, the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Uh, but you got to have a tremendous echo behind yeah, you. Yeah, today, 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 I consider myself 5-3 uh, as we go into round three. This is the last round. The last round, guys. Here we go. John, what actress played Ray Romano's wife, Deborah on Everybody Loves Raymond? What? Oh, uh, Patricia Heaton? Correct. Six for John. 6-3 right now. 6-3 is the score. Jake with a chance to come back. Jake, what He-Man movie star started life as Marion Morrison? What He-Man movie star started his life as Marion Morrison? We've watched several of his movies in the Digital Movie Club. Uh, Steve McQueen. John Wayne. Nope. Dude, was he? He was fucking He-Man. No, he was a He-Man. He was a He-Man, not the He-Man. Well, he was back in the day. You know? yeah, not, not, not the He-Man. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. That's you said he He was a He-Man movie star. Oh, my God. I thought that was Dolph Lundgren. You know? <laughs> not not the He-Man, just a He-Man. A He-Man. Okay. I thought you that's why that meant was... He-Man. Well, that's why that was such a goofy name for that cartoon. You know, they used to call tough guys He-Men. And so okay. when they actually went, here he is, he's He-Man. It's like, really? He-Man? <laughs> <laughs> Although they never called women She-Ra. <laughs> Uh, John, in I do yes. not know the answer to this. Maybe Jake will know. In the in two thousand, what was the name of the AI chat robot commonly used for general purpose questions and games on AOL Instant Messenger? You'll never get it. Was it the guy with the mortar board and the glasses? Or no, it wasn't. Oh, I don't think. what was his name? Um, I, I give up. It was a genie. It's a genie thing. I forget the name of it. Smarter child. Oh, that what? S- smarter, smarter child. Smiler, smarter oh, child. That's not what I thought. Mm. Genie, genie. I thought there was a genie one where you had a thing and you'd ask, you'd ask, you'd ask you questions, or it'd ask you questions, like a twenty question thing. Jake, starting in English pubs as a game like darts or checkers, this nineteen fifties game with small discs has been played since the eighteen hundreds. Um, it, oh, no, shuffle is like a mini, it's like the shuffleboard. It's not shuffleboard, though. It's, uh, nope. Wait, no, wait, <laughs> no, wait, hold on. I got it. I got it. It's in my head. Um, no, I don't got it. Tiddlywinks. Nope. Tiddlywinks. That, that started in pubs? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's hard to imagine. John, <laughs> yes. after a two year hiatus, I don't even know what Tiddlywinks is, by the way. I've never, I've heard it. You know, the little plastic discs, and you'd like, uh, you push down on the edge of it to make it leap into a cup. Oh, that's yeah, Tiddlywinks? Like the table, like the shuffleboard thing where you'd like slide it across the table. These are like little discs, like Necco wafers, but they're made out of plastic, and you try to, it's like kind of like marbles. You're trying to like make it leap into a cup by hitting the, 
you know, uh, pressing the edge of it so it leaps, uh, you know? I don't ever remember. I've never seen it. I've never played it's it. It's like you can't imagine that you could play that for more than two minutes, you know? It's like... John, after a two-year hiatus, this band got back together and released an album, the album Never Gone in 2005. If, oh, only, no if, if only Justine were here. After a two-year hiatus, this band got back together and released the album Never Gone in 2005. Spice Girls. No, it was Backstreet Boys. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. I knew it was one of them. <laughs> All right. Jake, what pop duo had hits in the 1950s with Bye Bye Love and Till I Kissed You? Simon and Garfunkel. The Everly Brothers. I the it. Everly Brothers. Six to three, John. You know something, Jake? Uh, Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> were huge Everly Brothers fans. Oh. And uh, in the 80s, they got to do a, uh, a tour with them. It was like the, the, the ultimate moment. They got to actually tour with the Everly Brothers. And they were like, their minds were just like blown, you know. Hey, there yeah. you go. See, that's why. See, that's what. See, that, that's the. That's Jake the, goes that's right to the source. He doesn't mess around yeah. with the middleman. There you uh, go. That's what I thought. John, what 1998 political scandal was the first to break on the internet before the mainstream press? What 1998 mm. political scandal was the first was the first to break on the internet before the mainstream press? Huh. Can I get a hint? Oh, uh, a, you say it was a political scandal? Mm-hmm. Could you use it in a sentence? It was a uh, it was a political scandal that was of of, of a lascivious nature. Was it the uh, Clinton Monica Lewinsky? It was seven points wow. for John. It was wow. Uh, Jake, it, 20th Century Fox announced in 1953 it would convert their entire movie making production to a widescreen system. What was the system called? Oh, um, uh, no, I don't remember. I don't know the name. I can't think of you. Do know the name because we watched a bunch of the movies uh, we've watched. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. Bad Day at Black Rock was one of the first. Yeah, it's fucking, um, <laughs> you know, it's a something vision, you know? Yeah, you're getting there. I know. The, I don't know. I don't know the first What's part. another name for a, for a movie theater? Huh? A, what? C- a cinema vision? Cinema. Cinemax. What do you rinse your mouth out with? Cine, uh, mouthwash. Yeah, what kind? Cinema mouthwash. Cinema mouthwash, yeah. Cinema Listerine. Cinema. Cinema, yeah. Cinema scope. Scope. Fuck. Come on, man. John I knew is, it. I knew it. John is killing you. John, what would a millennial I'm say? A, I'm not a boomer. What would a millennial say to coldly dismiss someone? Okay, boomer. <laughs> You're close. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Uh, what's that? Bye, Felicia. Bye, yeah, Felicia. I never quite got that. Do you know what the origin of that is? Yeah, Friday. It was a video. It was, yeah. The movie Friday, ah. which we're going to watch. Right. So you'll see it. Uh, bye, Felicia. Uh, Jake, what ad yeah. slogan was created in the 1960s to describe the food at Kentucky Fried Chicken? <laughs> Finger looking good? Correct. Yay! John yeah. John wins at eight Go to Jake. four. John wins at eight. John is more of a of a millennial than Jake is a boomer. Well, I needed hints. How many times did I say give me a hint? <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew some. Okay, give me some credit here. Yeah. yeah. I'm, here, wait, 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 
If it was a phrase that wasn't from a movie, I'm, I think I knew it. The phrase that pays. This is the pays the phrase. All right, that's it, guys. That that was a little. All uh, right, who did who did Disco Duck? Here we go. Let me see if uh, I've, Simon let me, is our uncle. Let me try some. Of the, <laughs> let me try some of the Gen X questions. Just buzz in, buzz in when you uh, buzz in. So okay. this is your territory, right? Yeah, yeah. Gen X. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm gonna show you. Let me see how I do. Forget it. I'm gonna show you the. So you, so you guys know that I'm not cheating. I'll oh, hold the. Oh come on, we're not even no, thinking that. I'll care. hold the answers up. I'll, oh, I'll see how on. I'll see how many I can get. What were the names? We what were the names of the TV police officers played by Sharon Glass and Tyne Daly, Cagney and Lacey? Name the sure. wife of the exiled, corrupt Philippine dictator who had twelve hundred pairs of shoes, Imelda Marcos. What band included Chuck and John Panzano, Tommy Shaw, J- oh Dennis DeYoung? Was he in Sticks? I think it's Sticks. Uh, Dennis DeYoung. Yeah. Name the basket. Uh. uh <laughs> Uh, name, name the name the bass guitarist for the Sex Pistols, who was accused of murdering his girlfriend and then died of a drug overdose. That would be uh, 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 that would be um, uh, Sid Vicious. And then in in 1970s, that's a badass name. Sid Vicious. In the 1970s, not his real name. What, <laughs> I figured, but that's a great, that's a great name. What car company launched their famous enduring slogan, "The Ultimate Driving Machine"? That'd be BMW. <laughs> One hundred percent. All right. Ah, uh, you were just. Ah, uh, you were cheating. No. <laughs> no, he was. He was leading us on. Was like, ah, oh, what was it? What was the name? Ah, uh, is that one? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love it. I don't believe so it for a second. I have to play this. I, mm-hmm. Trying to think. I'm trying to think what Sid Vicious's real name was. Uh, Google it. Was it. Something like. Google. It was like John Ritchie. It was something really boring. Let's find out. I'm going to guess John Ritchie. What if his name was Joey Ramone? But that was his real name. <laughs> yeah, now what was his real name? Uh, John. John. Yes. It was Simon John Ritchie. Hey, there we go. Hey, John. Good. Good job. Well, there you go. Good job. Sort of, sort of got it. Good job, man. Uh, Joey Ramone. God, can anybody name all the Ramones' real names? Uh, no. I, I'd rather not know their real names. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Ah, do you know, do you know how they got the? Do you know how they came up with that phony last name? Ramon? No. How did they come up with the Ramones? That uh, they found out that when the Beatles were first getting a taste of fame, and they were checking in to places like maybe with a actually this would be pre-fame. They're just like checking into places with phony names for the hell of it. Uh, that Paul one time checked in as uh, Paul Ramon. So they said, "Hey, that's that's great. Let's just call ourselves the Ramones." <laughs> that is a great. That is great. If there's one thing that yeah. came out of the Beatles, it's great. It's the Ramones. The one thing that came out of the Beatles mm-hmm. is the Ramones. Is the Ramones. The Ramones. <laughs> it's a great song. That's all. I always remember that Stephen King quote you gave me. It's a great song. Oh, yeah. Right. What was it? What you, was it? No, you you gave me the quote. Oh, uh, I forgot. God, I'm going brain dead. It was, was uh, it? somebody. Oh, oh, that they basically this band does what they know. Every song sounds like the same song, but what a song! But what a great song! <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that. God, I'm starting to forget that stuff. It's leaking out the back of my. Don't head. let it happen, John. You're a national. <laughs> you're a national treasure. Not unlike a Nick Cage. Uh, yeah. No. If I for, hey, do me a favor. If I ever forget who Groucho Marx is, just put a pillow over my head. Oh, I'm just, gonna do that, John. I'm already. I'm just already. end it. 
you have to be careful <laughs> when you once say I that. Once I start losing my video game knowledge, you need to just put a bullet in my head. Yeah, what, once, uh, one, I'll tell you what, what, you have to be careful when you say that to someone you're married to because they're just waiting. Mm. They're just waiting. They're, they're waiting for the okay. They're waiting for the okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then they say, you told you told me yeah. if I ever forgot who Gene Krupa was. Yeah, I forgot my glasses. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> You had a you good said, run. You had a you good said run. To smother you if you, you forgot your glasses. You said to smother you if you ever started to forget things and you forgot your glasses. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. We, had a, we had a good run. That's a classic. <laughs> you had a good run. That's it. You had a great run. Oh God, you guys! This quiz, this baby boomer generation thing. Great job. Good job. That's a that's fun humbling. game. Yeah. That's humbling. You realize how specific your knowledge is that basically everything outside of your bubble is like, what? What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Well, there's only, there's, there's only so many things you can be into, you know? Well, exactly. And there's I'm only, not going to be into, you know, yeah, exactly. There's only I'm so not going to be into K-pop or anything like that. Yeah, you know? why not? Why not? There's yeah. plenty of time. You got plenty of hours in the day. Hmm. Uh, there's, that's what I'm finding out. There's not enough hours in the day to consume the stuff I am into. You know, you don't, you don't like a little BTS. You don't like a little. You don't like a little BTS. You don't like a little BTS. K-pop. <laughs> what is that like a, a burger place? Or? No, but it's a it's a K-pop band. <laughs> I know. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, uh, sure. you sure I at least know that stuff. Yeah. It's BLT. You're thinking of ASB burgers, John, and they haven't been open for a long time. Wow. When do you think they closed? Why is that still sitting there? I was thinking, why doesn't somebody like buy the property and bulldoze it? Fun fact. Since the 70s. Fun fact. The day my dad took me to see Star Wars, it was a matinee. And mm-hmm. on the way home, we stopped and ate at that ASB Burgers. And I remember, wow. I remember the sun going down and there were people playing baseball across the street at York Field. Wow. A very vivid memory of sitting there eating my burger watching and having, you just seen Star having Wars just seen dad. Star Wars with my pop, yeah. Wow, that sounds like a real great day. Yeah, yeah. So every time I drive by ASB and I see it in uh, in in its dilapidated state, I feel bad. I wish somebody would rescue wow. it because I had a good uh, had a good meal there. You know, that was always yeah. one for the books. Mm-hmm. One for the books. Yeah, ASB burgers. They were the best out of all of out of all the little burger Charbroil burger joints around that area, and that includes Douglas, which. Which is my favorite to this day. Uh, ASB. Uh, do you like Jim's? Uh, Jim's like is good. Jim's is good. Uh, Effie's was good over on uh, Telegraph and Los Nietos across from where we used to have the corn stand. Uh, Michael's there in Los Nietos is okay. But uh, ASB was the best out of all of them. It was an old guy that used to, Do you remember the old guy that used to work there, John? His name was John. He was an old guy, kind of like a real skinny, wore like the, um, the half. Glasses with the big rim. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're real thick. And he'd be kind of he probably he was smoking back there. Probably, so it looked like yeah. he smoked like ten packs a day. But he was back there cooking those burgers, man. He uh, uh, he was. I really, wonder really when uh, he was there for years. Do you know when it went out of business? When they stopped? Uh, it's got to be about the late. I, I would I would say it was some well because it closed and then it came back for a little bit. So I want to say maybe the early late nineties, early two thousands. Okay. I, I, I yeah. want to say it's, late. Just a, it's always amazing to me that somebody didn't just. It, you, you think they could put up like a new burger place? Yeah. Either uh, remodel or rebuild. But how is it? 
nobody wants that corner. It must be the price must just be out of everybody's range. And that fifties, it's got that fifties burger joint architecture where the bottom, yeah. the bottom of the wall was like concrete with a bunch of rocks stuck to it. You oh know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That there was a weird sort of aesthetic, the lava rock aesthetic, like loves. You'd go to Love's and there was like a fire ring and everything was like lava rock. You yeah. Know? At lo- hey, or- and they love good ribs just like you do. At Love's. <laughs> you remember the, uh, when you're in Love's, the whole world's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a thing. When you're in Love, the whole world's delicious. Because it's supposed to be Love. It's a play on Love. Uh, yeah. John, uh, uh, yeah. for Jake, Jake doesn't know what's going on. Jake, Love's was a, was a chain of of a barbecue joints uh, that uh, th- that was around in the 70s and 80s. How far back does it go, John? A, the, the logo was a big heart, great big heart that said love across it. And then I think they all had those fire rings out front, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. They always had the uh, – uh, uh, there was that, and it, you, they always had the – you're right. They had the heart – on the uh, on the on the logo outside, sign. and there was a very specific sign. It was like three columns of, it was, it was like the three thin columns that would hold up the the, the yeah. building. Hold yeah, on, I'm kind of amazed that uh, Chris and Pitts is still around. There's only you know, one left. One up there on, yeah, Telegraph, right? Is that the last one? Uh, I thought there was another one somewhere, like Downey or Long Beach or something. I think there's really one, the I think there's one, one in Downey, but I think that one closed maybe. But the one on tele- uh, when Washington? You're in love, when you're in love, when you're in love, the whole world's delicious. Wow. What the fuck? Love gives you a lot when of you're in love, good food and lots of it. It's no wonder so many people have come to love loves. When you're in love, the whole world's delicious. There it is. Loves. You know, he's got that voice. It sounds like Tom Baudet meets uh, oh. Sam Elliott. There's a sort of like resonance. You know, he's been smoking a pack a day for the, his whole life and, you know, maybe chasing it down with some whiskey. And he's got this great sort of Tom Baudet meets I, Sam Elliott. I did love, I did love Tom Baudet and Tom Baudet. I get confused with the guy from, uh, from, uh, well, it's another day here at Lake Wobegon. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we're going to, um, yeah, uh, here we go. Wait, um, I had that. How long has it been since you've had ribs? I bet that it's been too long. So when you go to Love's and eat Love's ribs, you'll sing Love's song. Now everybody sing along. How about that? Now the special rib lovers platter, beef ribs, short ribs, and pork ribs, is only six ninety nine. What the shit? Six ninety nine? Holy what crap! Year is, what year is that? Is that like seventy five? Nineteen yeah. eighty two. Sign me okay. up, six dollar ribs. When, I don't know, man. It's it sounds like the same people that did those uh, Stater Brothers commercials. Stater you know? Brothers, Stater Brothers, <laughs> in the heartland of the USA. Stater, Stater Brothers. Brothers. Yep. Where the girl next door could be your wife, Stater Brothers. <laughs> Wait, what? And you're like, huh? <laughs> Where the girl next door could be your wife and stand your ground, you take someone's life, Stater there Brothers. There we go. There That's the kind. Stater Brothers. Mm-hmm. Stater Brothers. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, yeah. <laughs> stand 
underground. <laughs> nah, nah, I love Nestle Crunch. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Easter Bunny. Bok, bok. Remember that? Remember that from... Bok, Yeah. That was, that was that Cadbury? It was... Uh, was it M&M's? No, it was Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Ah. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. No, it's M&M's. It was M&M's. Thanks, Easter Bunny. Bok. You got chocolate in my peanut butter. You got peanut butter in my chocolate. Thank you, guys. This is the whole commercial. What the? M&M's chocolate candies. The milk chocolate melts in your mouth. That sounds like the, um, the Toys R Us kids. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Yep. Uh, thanks, Easter Money Buck Buck. Oh, don't get me started on that com- on the Toys R Us commercial. Are you kidding me? I could do the whole thing for you right now. I, I could sing the whole. I don't want to grow up. I'll be a Toys R Us kid. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Yeah. There are lots of toys and games that I can play with. From bikes to trains to video games, it's the biggest toy store there is. I don't want to grow up because, baby, if I did, I couldn't be a Toys R Us kid. That sounded like Steve Allen doing Bebopalula. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to grow up, I'll be a Toys R Us kid. That's exactly right. As a fact, I just saw that clip the other day. It was uh, a documentary on the 50s rock and roll, and they had that clip. There he is. It's Steve Allen. Let me read something to you. These are what lyrics pass for these days. Bebopalula, she's my baby. Bebopalula, I don't mean maybe. Bebopalula, she's my baby now. And you're just going, you know, you're Squaresville. Yeah, rock and roll is here to stay. Can we have Sam read some of the uh, some of like the old uh, like commercial tunes? First of all, don't get mad at Steve Allen. You can't (laughs) you can't simultaneously kiss Steve Allen's ass for changing television and then pooing on him because he doesn't like the music that you like. You got to pick one. Well, you got to pick one. Which one are you going to go with? First of all, I'm not sure I ever did kiss Steve Allen. You're not going to give the man, uh, the man basically paved the way for Letterman. You're not going to give him the respect he's due? No, no, no. Because he doesn't like rock and roll? Come on. That's right. Well, again, I never kissed his ass, but you're right. You're right. He uh, revolutionized uh, television, but he didn't get Gene Vincent. (laughs) Yeah, nobody did, John. The guy grew up in the big band era. Why? You're like, I love that. Nobody got him. Are you kidding me? Nobody got Gene Vincent. (laughs) No, nobody that age. Come on. I know. You're, I'm just fucking with him. You're, you're over here on the other side. You're 50 <laughs> years later, and you're, but you, you say it like he's gonna. Hear 50 this. years from now, when BTS is cool, and they find these tapes, when everybody's listening to K-pop, and that's taking over the world, they're gonna listen. They're gonna listen to this boomer on this old podcast talking about how he hates. Mm-hmm. Right. Let me get. Let me tell you something. They've already taken over the world. <laughs> it's already happened. Some they things. Don't, listen, they don't care about me. They have taken some over. Some things the world. just not. Some things just aren't made for us. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's fine. Give it another 50 years, we're going to be a dystopian future where K-pop rules the world and we're driving super fast cars and getting, uh, you know, cybernetic augments. Cyber, Cyberpunk 2077 is now available for Xbox and PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's our, little, uh, that's our little plug. You like that? And we're all going to listen to some hardcore hardcore electronics music. Uh, where do you think the future of music? I think we're going to go back. I think we're going to be listening to like when you watch a movie about the Middle Ages and you're bored out of your mind because they're just playing like the lute 
and uh, <laughs> we're going to go back to that. We're going to go back to We're going to be playing electronic remixes to Green Sleeves in another thirty years. That's speaking of speaking of freaking going back in time, uh, did anyone watch the tragedy of Macbeth, which we kind of talked about? It dropped on it? it dropped on Apple TV. It is amazing. Really great. Amazing. Shakespeare, you know, not easy for everyone to grasp, and they do it line for line. So have your subtitles on, you know. Um, But uh, Denzel Washington knocks it out of the park. The the witches will scare the hell out of you. And uh, Francis McDormand is great. Everybody's great in it, and it is shot beautifully. It is so well done. You're just like, wow, the, you know, Joel Cohen. It's black and white, right? Black and white, and it's shot in... uh, it shot square. It shot like one eight eight ratio. Really? Mm-hmm. No widescreen. Very stark. Very stark black and whites. It's so black and white. It almost looked like it almost looks like color is bleeding through. Is how yeah. black and white it is. Yeah. That's cool. It very right, Mario. I'm gonna check it out. Really, really well. A really, really great. Uh, Macbeth was always my favorite uh, Shakespeare play, and so. Uh, so it's playing. Uh, I, see, I, I uh, say that like I've, I. First of all, I say that like I've read all of Shakespeare. I read all the ones that you had to read in high school. Macbeth. Well, that's the thing. You know, Macbeth. Uh, those. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, what did they make? Romeo and what Juliet. Did they make you read, yeah. Ro- Romeo and Juliet. Macbeth. Uh, Othello in college. Uh, uh, you know, Julius Caesar. Um, it's a great board game. But uh, it is a great board game. I never knew how to play Othello or backgammon. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah. Not as, not or, as great. Not as great or, for me. Or Stratego. Stratego, man, was great with the bomb. Are you kidding me? You kidding me? So you remember those commercials where the guy's wearing a derby and a monocle? You blow up his. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you blow up the diplomat in his home. You know, it's like dun, dun, dun. after 9 11, you could never play that commercial. <laughs> you know, like... But yeah, check it out, please. Hmm. Well, you know what? I think I will. Yeah, I, I, it was on the fence. I was on the fence. You just pushed me right over the fence. Hey, John, here's what you're doing. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you not to do it. I'm not going. I'm not going to say. It, it, jump. I'm not going to say do it, but I'm not going to tell you not to do it. But there are people out there who will sign up for a seven day free trial and maybe watch something like Macbeth or watch mm-hmm. the Beastie Boys documentary that's only available on Apple TV. And then on right? and then on day six they cancel the the free trial. I see. Mm. I'm not going to say to do it. I'm not going to say not to do it. I'm just saying there are people out there that have done such things. This is Critigo. Well, not a place, not a time. But there, I, there's a couple of theaters that are actually playing it. And now that you tell me that it's in the, uh, the what is it? The aspect ratio is like a, God. That's why should I care? But that's going to be interesting. Black and white with the aspect ratio is a complete square. Yeah. That's a film nerd. That's a film nerd. There you go, John. The aspect ratio. Yeah. Look. Wow. Four, in four by three, you say. Wow. Because, uh, because that's like all before modern film, that's pretty much everything was square. It was, you know, before CinemaScope and VistaVision and all that. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't square. It was a uh, four by three. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was slightly squarish. Yes, my yeah, it's like a yeah, four by three. It's a little, but it's I will quite. I will tell you what. What was the last movie released theatrically that that we watched on the Digital Movie Club that was shot in that same aspect ratio? Does anybody know? Oh, that we watched mm-hmm. as a cut. Um, was and, it Bullet? <laughs> no, but when it was put on DVD. And in subsequent releases, they've stretched it out. But originally was shot 
for oh, that really? for that for right that before, um, It was an '80s movie. Does anybody any guesses? Oh no! Oh, no. oh guess. uh, Wrath of Khan. No. '80s. Think of what fil- <laughs> what we, filmmaker we would it, huh? what filmmaker would do something like that? Who would yeah. do something like that? Who would? Mm. Stanley Kubrick. Yes. So, what '80s Stanley Kubrick movie did we watch? Was it uh, Full Metal Jacket? It was. It was. Oh, was it really? I don't think I ever heard that story. So he shot it in. Uh, not a story, John. It it's not a story. It's a fact. I'm sorry. It's not a story. I don't tell stories. I'm asking you, what did he do? I don't he tell stories originally. I don't tell stories on this podcast. I tell. I bring you the truth. <laughs> okay, <but> whatever, whatever. <laughs> so, so what happened? He shot it. I don't know. Why did he do that? I don't know. That's the way he wanted to shoot it. <laughs> I don't fucking know. That you're going to give us this whole story? Yeah. I don't know. I just know that it was shot in. I love that. He's like, why do you do that? I don't know. He's in Stanley Cooper. He's out of his fucking why did, head. Why did he know. shoot the last 20 minutes of 2001 like that? I, I don't know. Well, well. Yeah, that's Arthur C. Clarke. You can blame Arthur C. Clarke on that one. Um, that's yeah, interesting. It's, it's, so then he it's stretched one, it out for TV? It's 185 to 1. And then uh, when it went to... Uh, to TV, stretched it out? Uh, here it is. Let's read on home video forum uh, what it says. I'm, no, I think they, when they released it on DVD and everything, they put... Uh, oh, I see, I see. Still, I don't, that's odd. That's odd. Oh, I guess on DVD it has been. Um, so now when you watch it on... Uh, like, they'll stretch it out on, uh, no, on digital. They'll, they'll stretch it out. They'll, fill, they'll, they'll blow it up from the middle. To fill up okay. those edges. So it's not like you're missing any information. No, it's no. Not like when, it's not like when you watch like uh, something in Cinerama and they cut the. <laughs> see, yeah, off. one when you when you when you blow it up, what it does is you do see more of the granulation, though it kind of ruins the picture of your of, yeah. of the clarity because you're you're blowing it up from the middle to fill out those edges. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I think when they show it now on cable, uh, they'll like stretch it out so because people will be like, "Hey, my TV's messed up." You know, people are dumb. Right. People right, are dumb. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, I want to see this thing. Uh, I was, I just, yeah, I wasn't even thinking, like, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. Black and white, that was intriguing. And I heard that Denzel was amazing. Tragedy. But for some reason, I don't know. Check it out, bro. Not, yeah. Yeah, please check it out. It's good. It was worth it. Out. Worth it. Worth your time. Worth every penny. Yeah, a lot of little, a lot of little uh, cameos. There a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, 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 Coen Brothers alumna, people that you've seen. Is that there, right? You know, ah, alumna, you say. In, in, small, uh, in small roles here and there. Right. Hither and thither. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good stuff. By the prickling of my thumb, something wicked this way comes. What here. I heard was he was giving a little nod to all the previous Macbeth movies. They said there's a nod to the Wells Macbeth. There's a nod to the... Uh, Roman Polanski Macbeth. Oh. They said for people that are familiar with those movies, he, he's giving sort of a little nod on some of those. Ooh. So beautiful. Because some of those they look like filmed plays, and this one knows it's a movie. They say this one really moves more like a movie. So he's giving a little tip of the hat to uh, previous Macbeth movies. Mm-hmm. Really good. Check it out. Worth your I time, will. gentlemen. Worth your I'm time. I'm going to do it. Uh, but yeah, you know, maybe sign up for that free trial too. Uh, but, uh, you know. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. You know, seven. What do you want? What do you want for nothing? Rubber biscuit? Uh, <laughs> rubber biscuit. Yeah, hey. Rubber biscuit? What do you want for nothing? 
Rababiski. How are we doing? What's up, Jerome? Good. All right, guys. I love you both. What a great little show. People are either going to love this or hate this. But you know what? I don't care. There's no in between. I got to hang out with one of my favorite people on earth and then somebody else. So, yep. But I'm not going to say who because I don't want to hurt. I don't want to hurt John's feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's that old joke. Hey, it's it's got whiskers on it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Picking mm. out what you put down. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, uh, weren't we going to have uh, Jake give us a review of uh, Bride of Frankenstein? Oh, yeah, Jake. What did you think of Bride of Frankenstein? Yeah. What, let's put uh, it in the books. It was It was good. It was good. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you watch it? I did. <laughs> I did. I did. They make, they make a Bride of Frankenstein, and he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not supposed to be alive, and... What happens at the um, end? <laughs> you watched these a while back, didn't you? I remember wants, months ago. He wants a months he ago. wants a friend. He wants a friend, and she's like screaming at the sight of him, and she's like, "He's like, yeah, we we're not supposed to be alive." Did that put a lump in your oh, throat? Oh, oh. Did did it, did it make you tear up when he said she hate me like the others? Not at all. No. Mm. Yeah, a little bit. Love dead. It was yeah. It was it was good. It wasn't my favorite movie, but it was what? Fine. Yeah, it's good. You watched these a while back, didn't you? Because I remember months ago you saying, you know, I finally watched them. I finally watched them. Yeah, it was a little. No, actually, I rewatched it maybe like a month, maybe like three weeks ago. They, uh, you know, that was the first. I'm looking at this. Um, Justine printed out a thing years ago. Was that was the, one of the first. That movie. was the. That was the first. Yeah. Uh, the first Digital Movie Club episode was Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, and The Invisible Man. That was 2018. That was February of 2018. Four years ago. So, you know, th- that's like the Citizen Kane of horror films, you know. Uh, how did you like the stuff like when they're teaching him how to talk? Did you get a lump in your throat when they're teaching him how to talk, the old blind hermit? Yeah. Or did, uh, did, or did just you just laugh? Were, were you thinking of an, uh, young Frankenstein as yeah. you were watching this? Yeah. No fire yeah. is good. No. Mm. Mm. Fire is our friend. That's, fire is our friend. Yeah. It's, it it the I enjoyed it because it gave me context for young Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Because most of that movie is taken from uh Bride and uh Son of Frankenstein, I think most of it. Yeah. Uh certainly the first three, but there's so much stuff that comes out of it. And it's so crazy. Did you see that it's the same actress playing Mary Shelley at the beginning? Is the bride at the end? No, I didn't notice that. You know, at the very beginning, she goes, "It will be published, I think." <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. When they're oh. doing the yeah, yeah, yeah. In the and I she's got know. a little cleavage showing, and then at the end, that's the same actress playing the bride. Oh, I didn't catch that. Elsa Lanchester. Pay attention, yeah. please, Jake. Mm, I am paying attention. What are you talking about? Uh, but just did you think it was like beautifully shot? All the scenes of him like running through the graveyard and you know the, everyone chasing him down and all that, just beautifully shot. That yeah, that I will. Say. It's just yeah, super interesting to see like early filmmaking how it was all set in there on sound stages. So it yeah, makes it, it makes everything. It makes like all those older movies almost feel like plays. Yes, right, because it's obvious that even when he's out amongst the trees and lakes, it's in a sound stage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except when he actually throws a little girl in the lake. So that would be yeah. fun. It'd be fun to watch uh, like all the old Universal movies or there you uh, go. 
in like in theaters on a wide screen, like on a large screen. Well, they do it on Halloween. There's always some like a, either it's a Fathom event or out in Hollywood. Somebody always runs those early Universal films um, around Halloween. They even did it during the pandemic. I think the Lemley yeah. was showing Invisible Man on the big screen on on ho- Halloween. So yeah. And, you know, if you really liked it, uh, the next one's pretty interesting, too. The Son of Frankenstein's pretty interesting. Got a whole family, huh? Well, that's pretty much it. You know, they did like nine of them. And the ones that feel like good A pictures, it's pretty much over by Son of Frankenstein. That's pretty much the last ones that felt like real serious movies and not just clowning around, you know. Uh, Wait till you get to Glenn Strange as the monster. Because then that's really when... (laughs) You, you like suck it, Karloff. Here, move over. Yeah. Here's the real like monster. You see, you see how much activity there is in, uh, with the monster. By the time you get to the last movie, he's laying on a slab for the entire movie. He's on a gurney <laughs> doing nothing for the entire movie. In the last two minutes, they give him a jolt of electricity and he kind of growls and throws people through the window mm. and kind of slump, <laughs> you know, kind of walks into a. And it's that's it, you know. I mean, the last two minutes, they'll light the house on fire, and they got a dummy kind of walking through the fire, and they go, "Well, that was it." I waited through the entire movie for him to like twitch a muscle. Beautiful. Uh, so, you know, and I still love him. I still think those are great movies. But at that point, it's not about the monster anymore. It's about you know the Wolfman and Dracula yeah. and the, the Hunchback and the Doctor and you know. And the, All right, that's what I, I got to wrap it up, John. I'm so sorry. I have to wrap it up, but the, we're ending. Oh, you got three minutes. We got three minutes. We got to wrap it up. So join us next week. Hopefully, we, we are going to have a special guest next week, and we should have Patrick and Jake. Uh, Patrick, I'm sorry, Patrick and Justine. <laughs> that's the first time that's happened. Uh, we should have Patrick and Justine back here next week. Hopefully, one of the two. And we're going to talk about matinee, and then the week after that will be Groundhog Day, and then the 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 following week will be. Uh, Trespass. Are we actually going to watch it like around Groundhog Day in the same week? Or? Yeah, yeah, we're going to watch it the week before. That was the plan, right? That was the plan. But well, let's let's. So see. you're saying you're saying next week is Trespass, or is it going to be a? Uh, oh, you matinee? know, what? let's do Trespass next week. Yeah. In case you're trying Patrick- to get your guest. Yeah, let's do Trespass. Watch it anyway, because you guys have already watched Matinee, but watch Trespass, Mm -hmm. and we'll do it next week. Okay. And then we'll do Matinee. We'll we'll, we'll get to Matinee. We've already seen it. It's exciting. We'll all be together in February. Well, we've seen it. It's just a matter of Patrick and Justine seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we know Patrick's going to try to get out of seeing it, because he's shifty. Mm -hmm. It's like, nope, Uh, never seen it. All right. Didn't see it. So for John and for Patrick, (laughs) for John and for Jake, I finally did. I didn't do it all show. I did it. I love you guys. Uh, <laughs> Jake's off. Mm. Hey, I'm until not next time, uh, this transmission ends now. Unity! Unity!